Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet Lindsay Dowd, an accomplished and experienced leader. She is the Chief Heartbeat Officer and founder of Heartbeat for Hire LLC. She has previously worked for global firms and held roles as an individual contributor and as an executive with line responsibilities, bringing expertise in software sales, leadership, diversity, and storytelling. We will hear about Lindsay's journey and her specialty of building irresistible cultural cultures that drive results. Lindsay, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm great, Stephen. Thanks for having me. This will be fun. Well, excellent. Um, you know, just before we uh, we started the podcast, we're exchanging where we're based. And you know that I'm based here in London, UK. Yeah. But uh, for the audience, tell us where you're based. I'm Boston, so I'm I'm a New York transplant that came here by route of Colorado and Hawaii, and people scratch their head and say, I don't get that math, but that's where I am. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And uh, we're uh, heading into the season of fall, very short. Yes, and it's days. already getting yeah. really pretty. Yeah. The leaves have started to change, the pumpkins are out, It's it's really a beautiful time of year here. Well, in the UK, well, at least where we live in London um, and in the South as well, it's going into almost winter temperatures of oh. nine, nine, nine degrees in the evening. So yeah, not yet. So so not yet. Okay, not let's yet. keep let, let's keep positive on the the, <laughs> the warm and sunny weathers and uh, heated heat, you know and, and and hot weather as well. So. Lindsay, tell us a little bit more about your yourself, you know, your personal journey, the intersect with the professional, you know, leadership journey as well. Yeah, like like you said, I've been in sales for 25 years and 23 of those years I spent with IBM. Um, I ran really large organizations. I was an individual contributor. I did a lot of first of a kind businesses and I was really blessed to be um, led by some really tremendous people. And I, I grabbed those, those nuggets and those lessons from those leaders. And I created my style based on what I saw. And kind of the biggest thing that I see is, um, and it breaks my heart when this happens, but if I'm coaching a leader, and I did have one recently say to me, you know, Lindsay, I've never had a good leader. And it's, it's far more common than people would think, because you can only be what you can see. And if you've never had a good leader, you may not know the really human uh, techniques that are required to make people want to feel part of that irresistible culture that you referenced at the beginning. And one thing I know for sure is when your people are happy, they are six times more productive than when they're not feeling inspired. And if that's not enough for people to pay attention to me, that's a really, really important statistic. And I think many people thought irresistible culture and, and listening to your people was under the category of soft skills. Mm -hmm. And they're no longer considered soft skills. They're just leadership skills. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just, 
it's so, so important that uh, we train our leaders how to do this so they can keep their people and um, really build on that momentum to, mm -hmm. to drive results, because that's mm -hmm. how it works. And Lindsay, so let's just step back a little bit. So what was what was that shift? You know, you've you've obviously had a great accomplished career in corporate worlds, you know, as an executive, as a as a leader yourself. Yeah. What was the shift to actually move into something different or you know, tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. It it you know, everybody has a story, right? And my story was um, it was interesting. I was, you know, with IBM, as I said, for a long time, and I watched a few of a few of my colleagues and leaders leave for a number of different reasons. Um, I was running a really tremendously great organization and very proud of it. It was 63% women, which is really hard to do in sales, incredibly diverse, um, the kind of the kind of place where people are knocking down the door saying, I want to be a part of that. Um, IBM decided to do a reorg. I didn't agree with the reorg. I didn't understand why they were doing it. Nobody would explain it to me. So I decided it's time for a new chapter. And I left on my own, my own decision, my own accord. And I went to another company um, and unfortunately had a very short time there. Um, I learned really quick. Um, it was a very toxic culture and one that um, I was not going to survive and they fired me, which is a total shock for somebody like me who I think the people that know me go 23 years, six months, I don't understand that. And what it, what it really came down to was um, the, the leader who let me go was totally um, a phenomenal rep, but not someone who should have been leading people. And um, she just did not possess any of the soft skills and really um, created quite a rough environment. So I had this opportunity. I felt total kick in the gut. I was totally not planning that to be part of my career trajectory, but I had a moment and I said to myself, what am I good at? What do I love to do? And how can I help people the most? And so I, re I wrote this job description, which is the chief heartbeat officer. What it was, was really a function of sales, working with all of the different sales leaders to teach them, this is how you build trust. This is how you create an environment where people feel excited to be a part of, they have pride of place, they wanna talk about it. And not only that, they wanna collaborate, they wanna expand on that. So I was interviewing for all these jobs. People were saying, you could do so many things. What do you wanna do? Mm. Well, I wanna be the chief heartbeat officer. Mm. We don't have that. I love it, but we don't have that. And so I heard this about seven times and I said, okay, message received. I'm gonna build it myself. And so what I do now is I coach leaders and I coach executive leadership teams and I speak to companies about this topic. And um, really everything I teach, Stephen, is not difficult. It's not ripping a house down to the ground. It's reframing, it's rewiring, it's, it's communication style, it's language choice, it's how you use recognition. And I have a whole methodology that I teach um, and, and it really seems to work for the, the people that I coach and for the leaders that I help. Um, but really when I get to speak to companies, it's just like wildfire. They're like, oh, more of this, please. So I know there's this great hunger to have this um, improved culture across the board. We saw with the great resignation, mm -hmm. all these people left their jobs in droves and many of them left without a job to go to. They were just done. They were fed up. They had had enough. And so I really felt like it was so important that leaders learn this. And, you know, I think in my world, 
There's a lot of leaders that I've been doing it this way for 15 years or 20 years, and they've been very successful. But when was the last time they took a class, hired a coach, learned something new, honed their skills? And that's what I think leaders need to remember. Leaders have to be great learners. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so important for us to be hungry that way. Yeah, that was a very long answer to your question, but no, yeah. no. As as you were just describing it, there was a few things that caught my attention, and um, you know, culture and leadership is very close to my heart. So I'm mm. a strong advocate for the, all the things that you you described, and even your journey as well in terms of the companies that you worked for, mm. how you came in and exited on your own terms or otherwise. Yeah, but you had a vision for yourself and you had a compass and you know you you, you know you made decisions for yourself okay. but the, the 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 talk of culture and leadership and you also brought in working with sales mm. teams um see I, I i view it's much more than say i mean like even even oh it even, is it even, totally even a ceo is. for example no listen or, yeah everything it, everything i teach is applicable to every leader. Exactly. I started with sales because that's where I came from. So the language is really easy for me to understand in sales and for e easy to communicate. But what I started to learn as people started hiring me was, you know, this didn't matter whether you were in sales or, I mean, really where I have the most success is with a COO kind of level, because what we're trying to do is strive for that permanence. And you can't really get that with a VP of sales because a VP of sales is probably there for two or three years. And as soon as they go, the mm. culture goes with them. And mm. I've been on the receiving end of that a few times and it's tough. Yeah. And then the, the, the other thing you mentioned uh, was about leaders in their, you know, in, in current leaders in, in organizations. And, and yes, of course, they've got the titles, but, you know, their behaviors and how they're actually operating and functioning. Um, many many people still are operating you know within narrowed views and it's about reminding reframing and yeah. uh, repositioning you know what a leader needs to embrace embody but also demonstrate to other people and and kind of energize that culture within within yeah. people and you're right it's not just a soft skill it's not just the soft touchy feely thing it's it's no. actually tangible <laughs> well and Stephen, to your point i mean one of the things that i teach and this is all comes down to the building blocks of building trust if you've been a jerk of a manager mm. it's not going to be easy for you to get your team to trust you mm. and you're going to have to start from somewhere and whether you've been a jerk or you've been an amazing manager there's one question that managers forget to ask and I asked this myself when I was a leader. And that question is, how can I be the best manager for you? Mm -hmm. And when you ask that question, first of all, it's a disarming question. And most people don't see it coming. And they might have to take a minute and think because they weren't prepared for it. Mm -hmm. But what it does is it gives them an opportunity to tell you what, tell you what they need. And the reality is everyone's going to need different things. Just like your kids, you don't parent them all the same way. They're different. They need different things. They need different support. They need, you know, different activities, different whatever. They have different drives. It's the same with employees. And I learned some people need a coach. Some people like to role play. Some people just want an escalation point. And they say, get the hell out of my way. Just be there when I need you when the shit hits the fan. Like there's there's all of these 
different kinds of styles that people have. And as a leader, you have to be able to listen and you have to be able to provide that back to them. But -hmm. when you build that, that give and take by asking that question, it makes the subsequent conversations easier. It Mm -hmm. makes the next one a little more personal. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, you got to know your people, but here's the other benefit. When you ask that question, if you're at the top of the company and you want to know what's going on in the ranks, if everybody's asking that question, Mm -hmm. you can tap on any leader's shoulder at any time. What's going on with your team? Who's Mm -hmm. a flight risk? Who's management potential? Who's interested in management? Mm -hmm. Who needs help? Who needs training? You're going to know all of those answers because you're talking to your people and you're not just doing forecasting. You're doing something much more profound. Yeah. And you're bringing that, you're bringing that recognition of impact immediately within yourself, but also with other people as well. And you're able to then translate some of that to certain types of decisions, whether you make it intra hour, intra day, Uh, or through the through the year right Uh, because that 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 impact especially on people um, is is so critical and having that knowledge around that is very very important it's so important and it's so healthy absolutely absolutely so just tell us a little bit more about the conversations that company i mean you've worked for different you know or you, you know large organizations but also as an entrepreneur and then now and you're working with different types of companies mm-hmm. what are the types of conversations that companies need to be having you know yeah. you know at so, an executive level even at a board level <laughs> what what do they need to be prepared for <laughs> yeah i mean i think Yeah, I think that basic question is a must and it's one that people don't leverage. So that's that's a basic one. But there's really one one um, very simple thing that every leader, no matter where you are, can do. And that's leveraging recognition and recognition isn't just prizes. It isn't just monetary. It can be, hey, you did a fantastic job solving that problem or finishing that project or the way you supported my team was so helpful. Do you mind if I feature you on my next team call? Or, hey, you just won that deal. Can I feature you on the next all hands call? What, you wanna do that, really? And then everybody else sees that this is happening. I'll tell you a cool story. I was talking to a friend um, who was telling me her culture at her company is amazing. I mean, amazing. And I said, where is this utopia? I want to hear about it. Tell me what's going on. And she said that they were working in kind of a cubicle farm kind of landscape. Um, So a lot of prairie dogging, a lot of, you know, peeking over the, the, the cubicles to see what was going on. And there was a vice president who um, started this practice of every time somebody closed a deal or did something good, she'd walk by and she'd put a post-it on their wall. And it would say like, great job on X, Y, Z. And she just started doing it, you know, a few times a day. And what ended up happening was everybody started adopting the same. So colleagues are, I love how you handled that call, post it. Or I love, you know, I love the way that you you stood up and, and defended so-and-so because it was the right thing to do. And so they've created this very simple culture by doing this very little thing, but people feel incredibly supported. And recognition, most managers have a budget to do things with. So you have money to put towards things, use it. 
and yeah. use it. I'd rather them run out of money and have to ask for more. Um, but there's so many ways to do that. That's just a simple one. And mm. I'll give you another one. Um, this is uh, how you say things is very important. So um, I had a leader who said to me once, um, Lindsay, I don't like how you handled yourself on that call. Mm. It wasn't good. You didn't make us look good. You didn't make the company look good. Don't do it again. Fix it for next time. Well, how do you think I did on the next one? I was nervous. I was anxious. I wasn't relying on my sense of humor or my personality or my instincts. I'm a really good reader of people, but I was so nervous I couldn't do any of that. Mm. And so I was terrible on the call. Now, had she said to me, how do you think that call went? Well, I think maybe I could have said this better. I don't think I got out the point well on this. Um, I, I think maybe I could have done this differently. Okay, well, what do you need for the next call that's going to help you knock it out of the park? Mm -hmm. We're getting to the same end goal, but there's a way where I feel empowered versus completely torn apart. Mm -hmm. And that's not hard. <laughs> it's just being human and saying, you know, instead of that knee jerk, that was terrible. No, you want to build someone up, you want to coach them. And if you don't like coaching people, you probably shouldn't be in leadership. Mm -hmm. And this is the biggest mistake I see definitely in sales. When you have a rep who knocks it out of the park mm -hmm. and they immediately say, well, we've got to magnify that. Let's promote them. Let's make them a manager. Yeah. Does that person care about other people? Do they care about anyone besides themselves? Because most of those really high performers don't. So when you're putting them in a position of management, you're creating this, I don't know, not great environment because they probably aren't in it for the right reasons. They're probably in it because they view this is how my career should go. And when you're asking that original question that we talked about, you'll know who the people are that should be managers. Mm -hmm. And those are the people that you want to put in leadership positions, not necessarily the high performers. Now that's not to say you still can't magnify what the high performers doing. There's mm -hmm. tons of ways to leverage them. They mm -hmm. can teach a class, they can give a webinar, they can teach a strategy session. You can give them layers of mastery within their job to get promotions. Like there's lots of creative ways to benefit, but mm -hmm. really think about who that person is before you put them in a leadership position. Yeah, so Lindsay. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Very helpful. So if I if I if I was a business or an individual or a, or a leader looking to leverage your solution you know, as a chief heartbeat officer, how would that conversation sound like? <laughs> I know you touched. Well, on it. likely, yeah. likely they're having attrition problems. Um, I have one COO I'm working with right now, and his words to me were, "Lindsay, I was brought in to turn this company around. Our culture is in the toilet." It's pretty bad. So um, in his situation, he's really got to get a fundamental um, change in the way that his leaders are speaking to their people. Um, they've got to dig deep and learn how to inspire their teams. So really what I'm going to be doing with him is um, some ground rules. We're going to do like a level set. This is what it is. This is what it isn't. Um, then I proceed to do some interviews, um, make sure I understand what the underlying issues are within the company, both managers and employees. Um, from there, we'll go into some group coaching of the executive leadership team to really understand what they're struggling with and maybe how they've been responding to people, teach them a few different tricks and tips. 
And then really I provide back a readout um, to them of my recommendations and the things they need to work on. And sometimes in these situations, there'll be a few select leaders that'll say, I wanna continue to do one-on-ones. I wanna you know, continue to learn from you and really use you as my sounding board as I'm stuck with these various puzzles and people and personalities that you know, I don't understand. Yeah. So that's kind of a typical thing. The other typical thing is I do speaking engagements and those are really fun. Um, I spoke to a women's group of a company recently and they loved it so much. They've asked me to come back for a second. Um, speaking to another company, it's 300 leaders. I'm going to be talking to them about things they can do to yeah. help change the fabric of the way that they lead. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the big ones. And then if anybody wants to work one-on-one, -on -one, I can do that too. Yeah, wonderful. And um, Lindsay, you know, when we talk about challenges, macro level challenges that you're experiencing or seeing in the business world, you know, maybe as a result of the pandemic, I know we are kind of coming in and out of it, yeah. but also we are in this, you know, economy, economic situation as well. Yeah. How do you see all of that transpiring with businesses and leaders yeah. and the world? Well, Businesses are scared and they're looking at their spending very carefully. Um, nobody can use travel as an excuse anymore because there really hasn't been much of that. But when you look at the productivity that you get out of doing work like this, it is such a good investment in your people. And when I compare things to like an offsite, let's go do an offsite. Let's go, you know, go spend time and money at this place. And in the moment, people are recharged. They're happy to see each other. Their batteries are, are fueled, but then they get back into the office or their virtual office and it's the same old, same old. Mm -hmm. So in order to really drive change and change the way that your people are responding and talking about you, which is something we didn't talk about, you know, when your people are happy, they're talking about it on social media. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, you want that. You want your people to be shouting from the rooftops. I gave my people every Friday off in July. Oh my God, I love this company. They've done such a, such a great thing for me. You know, it's something small, mm -hmm. but you want that kind of free language. So um, yeah, I, I think the recession is, or the, the impending potential recession <laughs> is, is certainly top of mind for a lot of leaders. Um, but this kind of uh, work, is work you can't afford to not do. And I think um, the worst managers tend to manage up very well. Mm -hmm. And it makes it very difficult for the C-level to see where their problems are. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so important to get under that because if you start to notice that people are leaving specific teams, you got to find out why. Mm -hmm. And not enough people are taking the time to do exit interviews and to do anything with the answers if they are doing doing them they don't seem to make it up to the top yeah so it's important excellent um tell us a little bit about you lindsay what 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 is the day in a life of uh, lindsay <laughs> these days <laughs> well thank, thankfully um no day is the same uh so it's always pretty fun to to start something new and to to work with other organizations and you know while i think people's problems are fairly similar there's always something interesting and different that's going to that's going to pique my interest but um i'm a mom of 14 year old twins so they are high schoolers um so i'm in the throes of teenage everything 
Um, and, uh, my husband, my husband is, he also works, um, as a fine carpenter, so he's self-employed as well. So we kind of make our own schedules, which is wonderful, but it's also really hard being an entrepreneur. Um, so I'm still learning a ton. And, um, you know, when you work for a company for a very long time, there's so many of the nuts and bolts that are done for you. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn all of that going out on my own. So um, constantly learning, constantly connecting with people. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Um, I spend a lot of time making those connections with people from all over the world that are, um, you know, have lots of thoughts on, on what I do and definitely, you know, are looking for that help. And I have a whole bunch of friends that tell me, oh my God, I watch everything you do, but then they don't comment on anything. So, you know, I know that the, there's people out there kind of watching and saying, yes, more of this, I need to hear more of this. So for me, it's always thinking of creative ways to get to the heart of the issue. And I think for a lot of leaders, you know, ego is very real mm -hmm. and there are leaders that view working with someone like me as a failure. And what I try and tell them that this is not a failure, this is an investment in your people. This is putting action behind your words. Mm -hmm. um, so I love when they can shift and they can see how it empowers them and it can drive change. So for me, I'm always trying to figure out you know, how to best frame that. And in my spare time, I'm writing a book or adopting a puppy. <laughs> Got a million other things going on, but that's about it. Awesome. Awesome. Have you decided on what puppy you're going to be adopting? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, we, we have a rescue now. Um, and she's a long haired dachshund spaniel mix. So she just looks like a very large dachshund. Um, but we're going to get a, a little dachshund. So we're pretty excited about it. Yeah. My kids are very excited. My my wife and I are uh, we 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 we've got a dog, a Tibetan terrier. Oh, they're great. Yeah, we've we've had him. His name is Rocky after Rocky Balboa. But uh, nice. We've we've had him for seven years now, and uh, yeah, we we are we, we're on a personal journey as well, on adoption as well. But uh, something we'll, we'll we'll chat about later on. But yeah. Um, we're coming to yeah. a close very shortly, Lindsay. Any a closing messages or a challenge to other leaders or or companies? Um, anything aside from what you've mentioned or a reminder? Yeah, I mean, for sure. If if you would like to listen to my podcast, it's the 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 most wonderful group of guests who are Olympians and world champion triathletes and CEOs and authors and PhDs and journalists and on and on it goes and it's all their perspective on leadership and culture and I think everyone has a valid perspective but there's always something to learn um, and I just feel like being open to that and saying yeah okay I didn't do that well but how can I learn from it how can I move forward it's really paramount for every leader to have that moment where they can say I can do better so I'd love to work with them wonderful thank you very much Lindsay for being with us today and sharing your journey and your perspective thank you very much thanks for having me Stephen it was a pleasure wonderful okay folks thank you very much for having for for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode on a young aviation executive and expert who shares his personal journey but also on his unique perspective uh, drawn from his life and how he interacts positively with people and life both personally and professionally we'll hear more about that stay tuned and continue to stay on to hear about an exclusive offer thank you hey i hope you enjoy the podcast don't forget to subscribe to the channel 
you're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur, and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses, created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium-sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine-tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.